who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Pikachu! Pikachu! Welcome to NVC for the week of October 18th, 2013. I am your host, Jose Otero, and we have a fantastic show for you today. It's been seven days since our last podcast accident because uh, we were supposed to have a show and we missed it. But joining me today, we have Per. Guten Tag. Very nice. Very German. Uh, this is a very international episode. And we're also joined by Megan Sullivan for the first time, making an MVC debut. What's up, Koopalings? There you go. People have been asking for that to return, so I'm glad someone can say it, because I can't. It, it went away? I didn't even know that. I don't... Well, I just don't say it. Jose I mean, doesn't like it. Oh, uh, I see, I see. Jose's yeah. boring. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard. Yeah, Come on, Jose. And finally, joining us uh, over Skype from Italy, please introduce yourself. Ciao. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, I'm Francesco D'Agostino, um, Tiny Cartridge, Tiny Cast member. There we go. And, uh, yeah, straight from Italy. And because we have a friend at IGN, we're going to call you Italian friend from now on. Yeah. So but that he's we can Italian make it. Fran is American. Is he? He's yeah. Sicilian, but we'll, we'll call, we'll call he's, one Sicilian Fran. If, if you're not, officially Italy. if you're not born in Italy, you can't be Italian. Come on. Well, I'm, I'm the only Italian on the podcast then. Okay, good. There we go. Yeah, the yeah. original one. But I am happy that we have uh, half of the audio, uh, half of the uh, podcast is now being European, so we're taking over here. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of true. <laughs> yeah, no. And thank you very much for joining us, Fran. So we're, we're gonna jump into first, uh, some surprise, uh, 2DS impressions, since I'm reviewing it for IGN and Pear somehow now owns one. <laughs> you wanna tell the story about how this happened? So I, I bought one out of guilt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I kinda wanted one, so it was a, it was a gr- good excuse. Um, 
Pokemon came out on the weekend. My kids were going nuts, of course. And I said, yeah, we're going to go to the store and buy, uh, buy Pokemon. And then they said, hey, dad, where, where are our 3DSs? And I'm like, crap, I took them to work to have them street pass with everyone. So we only had one 3DS at home. I know, terrible, right? But, mm. you know, two kids out of three really want to play Pokemon. So I'm like, fine, we're going to pick up a 2DS at the store. Interesting. And so you had the the little ones, the smallest pair, um, yeah. pair junior had yeah. a uh, super mini pair. Okay, had a, a small 3ds, and then so what do they think of the 2ds? How they loved it. I mean, it's just the the novelty of the way the device looks, and as you know, kids don't care about whether the speakers are stereo. They didn't care that the 3ds, uh, the 3d slider was gone. They just liked the way it looked. And yeah. they they love the case, by the way. The carrying case you can buy yeah. with it is actually mm-hmm. really nice too. Yeah, it's pretty so. useful. It has like a. I'm, I'm demonstrating because I'm showing folks uh, inside the podcast room at least because Fran's over the phone. Uh, it has like a little flap to store 3ds games with a whole three. And I'm very surprised because I went in, you know, sort of lukewarm. You know, me and Brian yep. got to hold this thing when uh, we met with Reggie, um, you know, a month ago or so. And using this thing, it's, you know, it's surprisingly ergonomic. Like, I like how the top triggers work. I thought at first it would be awkward. The D-pad placement is my favorite thing so far. Yeah. Because on classic games where you want to use a D-pad or something that just you feel more comfortable using a D-pad than you do the analog slider, it feels a lot better um, than even I was expecting. Because right now the D-pad placement on the standard 3DS is so low to the bottom, I always feel like I cramp up after like an hour playing a you know a virtual console game, for example, or New Super Mario Brothers 2 or something like that. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it, it does, when you look at it and you actually critically look at it as a device, um, it's got some issues, right? The, some. Yep. The way the plastic looks, it's a little, it's a little toy-like, it right? It feels like my Fisher-Price, like yeah. 3D, 2DS L- or 3DS Nintendo product. Yeah, and the way the cartridge slot is integrated, it's almost weird, right? Like, it's mm. kind of cool, and, yep. but it looks a little strange. And then what's really highlighted now is that the, the screens are a different size, right? You actually have one giant screen, and they actually have a, a they have glass or, you know, some Thing over the top screen so that you can't touch it, right? Yeah, but yeah. both screens are actually touch screens, yep. and it just looks so odd because of that. But no. you know, I think it's a cool, it's a cool solution, like a cheaper DS and 3DS, and it's a, it's a great deal. Mm-hmm. You can pick it up for the same price with with Pokemon as you would pay for a regular 3DS, right? It yeah. looks like a giant doorstop. It does, yeah. It does look <laughs> like a wedge, yeah. right? Yeah, like yeah. a. Can I ask you something though? Cause I, I just want to be clear. I'm, I'm five minutes behind here. I'm still stuck on you took your kids 3DS to work mm-hmm. and they were complaining <laughs> they couldn't, you know, play Pokemon immediately. Yeah. So you went out and bought a 2DS so they would stop whining? No, not so they would stop whining. I just felt really bad that I, that I forgot their 3DSs at, at work. Why didn't though. you just swing by the office? Cause I live in Marin. It's like an hour away. So I... it would be a two hour drive. In my car's gas, it would be $129. Surely. Yeah, I'm I was... just kidding. No, it was, come on, it was. I just got that, by the way, the $129. It's, 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 it was a little bit of an excuse, right? But I, you know, my wife didn't look at me funny when I said, oh man, I forgot the 3DSs. We gotta get She's like one. another thing. Yeah. Another thing for that. Is she used to this now, by the she way? She is Paris totally used to it. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, your kids are lucky. It's Maybe a... let's just go get a new, get a new toy. They really spoiled. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Yeah. Really quick last observation I just want to put out there. The one thing I found myself doing today a lot, because, you know, we don't just play games all day, is, you know, there's times I'm playing Sonic on it right now. I pause the unit, put it down, you know, handle work, forget that there is no... So when you close a normal 3DS, it automatically goes to sleep. You don't have to yeah. think about anything. Pausing the game and just putting it down, it's on the entire time. Yeah. And I keep forgetting that. The sleep switch is at the bottom right. 
but I wish there was an auto sleep function. And right now I don't see one. Yeah. And that's something that seems a little weird to me, like something that should have been thought about, right? Like here is a system that, you know, kids are going to put down for whatever reasons, or you're going to have reasons to put it down. And when that happens, you know, what happens to the system? It already happened. I mean, it did. I noticed my kids were both playing. I had one 3DS and one 2DS, right? And the mm-hmm. 2DS was running out of battery first simply because they never, you know, they didn't put it to sleep when yep. they're taking, when, when they're taking a little break. So the one thing I, I had hoped they would have done with this machine is give it more battery life, right? It doesn't push stereo audio. The 3DS, uh, the 3D slider is off by default. Yep. Um, I wish they had boosted the battery life a little bit, but you know, sure. it's a, it's a cool, I mean, it's a cool low cost solution. I think it's cool. Sure. Uh, Fran, have you had any experience with a 2DS yet or are you even considering it? Um, I actually never tried one so far, and I really wanted one because I liked, um, you know, kid toyish look. Uh, but unfortunately, two days ago they announced the Zelda Limited Edition 3DS, uh, and for Europe so far only the Mario and Luigi one. Rub it in. And I really yeah. want the Mario and Luigi one. It's so pretty. Okay. So I guess that's it for the for 2DS for me. Well, the, the, I definitely I have to get the Zelda one. I might yeah, have to forget it's super all beautiful. our 3DSs at work again when that comes out in Europe, and then oh, and then, then import it because that's faster than driving to work. You don't think that's coming out here? Just either one of you or all of you? I I I think the Zelda one for sure. You think so? Like, it would be crazy if they didn't. There's also the mystery. Um, this is slightly off topic, but there's the have you seen the treasure chest that comes with Zelda limited yeah, edition? It holds little 3ds cartridges and yeah, yeah, That's very and nice. plays the, the the little sound effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a mystery to it. No one knows when and how it's coming out. Yeah, it's a it's actually a secret to everybody. Except, <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice God. job. Man. Except, <laughs> yeah. all right, moving right along, let's uh, talk a little bit about last week's question of the week. So, Megan, I should have prepped you before the show started. So that's I okay. This is all live and exciting stuff. Excellent. So, last week's question was, uh, "What of the new 3D? Um, there was this new Super Mario. Excuse me. There was a Super Mario Brothers 3D World trailer that they had shown at Nintendo Direct, and we basically." The question was, what stood out to you in the trailer? What got you excited about, you know, Mario or about that game? Because that trailer seemed to have done a 180 for a lot of people, right? Where yep. people who were down on 3D World and it was a 3D land ripoff, it just completely turned them around. Um, so I have some community responses we should all go through as well. Uh, since Fran's our guest, I would let him go first. So what's up, Fran? What, what sort of stood <laughs> out to you? Well, obviously it's a Bowser car. <laughs> it's, it's impossible to argue it's not the Bowser car. The pimpmobile. <laughs> yeah, the Wario, uh, it looks like he, uh, held up Wario and took his car. Yeah, it looks a bit like Wario's car. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, just the fact that we don't know what role it's gonna have in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's gonna be some kind of chase level, but it looks really, I don't know, appropriate for the character and it looks super fun. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Hair, what stood out to you? I just love the um, all the item uses, you know, picking up plants, kicking the the soccer balls, all that kind of stuff. It just showed me that they added something very different to this game, right? They really utilized the the kind of weird pseudo three D, almost isometric space to let you use these items. I, I thought that was the the coolest part. Cool. Yeah. I'm getting my Mario games mixed up. Is this the one where you can dress up as a cat? Yes. yes. Yeah. That actually, for some reason, Dressing stood out to me. Like, yeah, you get to be, you get to be a cat. And I, for some reason, that just cracked me up. I yeah. was like, all right, I want to see how these particular powers play out yeah. as opposed to you, being in a, you, you know. The trailer really played it up too. You're chasing down the bird and stuff. Like, you're, yeah. you're chasing down bunnies. Yeah. Yeah, that actually I, caught my attention. It's a, yeah. it, it shows how ingenious Nintendo is when it comes to reaching new audiences because 
that is a, that was added for girls. I mean, one hundred percent, right? Man, right? I fell the, for that hook, line, the and suit. I have met so many female game players who say, "Oh my god, the cat suit!" Right? It's it. I mean, it's it's funny, right? Uh, uh, but it's. I think that was a calculated move. I think it, they're it just paying too. Yeah, yeah no, I totally think they're worked. paying attention to the internet. I mean, selfies in Zelda. Uh-huh. Uh, cat suits in Mario, like I don't know. Mario little cats. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> that's gonna be next, right? Like when the game comes out, they'll probably have like lol cats kind but, of stuff. But they're not lol cats or fat cool cats or anything. These are sparkly cats, man. They're princess cats. <laughs> and my daughter <laughs> almost fainted when she saw it. And the boys were like, "What? No guns?" Yeah. Enemies <laughs> turn into cats too. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, that's right. When yeah. are they gonna have gangster Mario? By the way. Uh, no. Well, there's that pimp car now, so you don't that's know what's going to happen in that story. Yeah. Maybe it'll be yeah. just Bowser, because uh, when they put a gun in Sonic's hand, or what was that uh, hedgehog that got a gun? Shadow. Shadow. Oh, it yeah. was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Better than stretchy arm <laughs> werewolf. Yep. True, too. Yeah. yeah. All right. So here's some community responses uh, from the post on IGN. So every week when we post a podcast, we also have a section for you guys to answer the question of the week. Uh, first response comes from Turtle Dove. He says, the amount of wonderfully unexplainable nonsense occurring is what, you know, drew him to the trailer and what stood out to him. Totally. Exploding footballs, the double cherry, Goombas <laughs> paddling aimlessly around in a pool. That scene was really cute, by the way. They're just all sitting on little, like, donuts um, in a pool just waiting for Mario. The portable piranha plant, the overworld. It's as if they threw all the preconceived notions of how a Mario game should be brought to life into a vat of steaming lava. Hopefully with Bowser to follow. So I was really, really enjoyed that. Uh, Demented Avenger 27 said, I saw that the tra- mm, I saw the trailer and immediately thought, and immediately thought, this is our new galaxy. It looks to be evolving and changing, uh, just as much, if not more. Those power-ups are awesome. True D says, the most impressive thing to me in the Super Mario 3D World trailer was the number of elements moving at a high frame rate and in crisp HD. Uh, it's the, so he's had a Wii, basically, Wii U since day one, but watching that trailer, he really felt like next-gen really arrived at Nintendo. And it's weird, too, because Pikmin did that, too, I thought, um, where, you know, you got just a next-gen look at what Nint- or a look at what Nintendo could do with next-gen, so. Cool, let's see. Uh, it's weird, some of these responses got cut off, so now I feel terrible. In the printer. I love it. I saw you checking your phone. I was looking at uh, emails from people who emailed uh, nvc at ign.com. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. You want to read one of those? Well, they, I think uh, so far most of those are questions. I think most people commented on the uh, on the on the podcast itself. Okay. With the uh, with the most amazing things, but here's one from uh, Josh Robinson. He said there were a lot of cool new abilities shown off, but the one that stuck out uh, stuck out the most to me was being able to disguise yourself as a Goomba. I'm yeah. not sure just how useful that will actually be, but I started laughing when I saw the legs of Mario's overalls under the Goomba head. Um, perhaps there will be a stealth mission where Mario has to infiltrate Bowser's castle. Yeah, that would Mar- be good. Marty said as much. Uh, Fox's left ear also said, my favorite thing about Super Mario 3D World was the world map. Uh, he loved the free roaming, he loved the secrets, he loved the camera angle, it just looked so perfect to him. Yep. Jason mm-hmm. Cooter, who also wrote to NBC at IGN.com, said he was most intrigued by the uh, bullet box item. I think that's, uh, is that bullet bill? It made me think about the trivia book that came with the Mario 25th anniversary edition, where they originally thought about giving Mario a gun. Hey, there, we're back to the, uh, to the gun. Cool. Alright, so, let's see. Now, on Facebook, um, first of all, I couldn't find the thread on our Facebook page uh, or our Facebook podcast forums because uh, there's so many posts there. Eventually, it just got shoveled way, was shoved way, yeah, way yeah. down the page. So I had no chance of finding it. However, I did find something that maybe, uh, Fran, you can help us with. 
uh, before we get into sure. our main discussions for Pokemon, for Zelda, and for Rune Factory. Um, so I accidentally called her Electra last week, but Alexandra Harms was thinking about importing a 2DS uh, from the U.S., but I'm not sure. I don't really know if there are any significant advantages. Uh, the U.S. exclusive retail titles, like she's looking for U.S. exclusive retail titles that aren't coming to Europe. Um, and, you know, she'd be able to, like, download stuff probably a little cheaper. But she's just curious, like, what um, sort of non-U.S. or, excuse me, U.S. games that aren't coming out to Europe could she be interested in if she were to do this? Um, let's see. The only advantage would be I have an American uh, 3DS as well as an European one. And the only clear advantage is that you get a lot of the games way before Europe. So stuff like, mostly RPGs, so Shin Megami Tensei 4, Eternal Odyssey Untold, are already out in the US, but not in Europe. Um, so it's pretty much a matter of time. The um, irony is that there are some European exclusives that America doesn't get. So tell us a few of those. Like you're talking about like, so, Yazuma Eleven, like stuff like that. Yeah, in Azuma Eleven Three, uh there's um a couple of one piece games. Uh they're actually not bad. Um for so far I think these are the only important ones. Uh but DS also had several uh European only games. So I think more than important in um an American three DS, it's probably wiser to import a European one if you're American. Yeah. Um, unless well you cannot wait as a yeah, if you if you just want to play, I don't know, Eternal C four um, or Untold or Shimagami Shimagami C four immediately, yeah. then you should probably import an American 3ds. I I love that Sony took the step to actually remove um, you know region locking fun- functionality from from the PS4. So I hope that starts a trend, and you know we're seeing future DSs go back to how the GBA was, right? Where you can just play any game. It'd be uh, nice. Yeah, DS, uh, DSi and then DS, DS were, too, you know, yeah. the, all the DS family was region free. It's a really weird choice. Um, but hopefully they'll change their mind because it's, it's kind of unfair, I think. Well, it's <laughs> silly because it targets a very small portion of the audience who are yeah. probably your super influencers. So like those guys, they're not causing any damage by importing titles. They're actually helping you tell the message. So I, I think, I think companies will come around to those uh, silly limitations. I have to say that compared to the DS era, um, there's not that many, you know, exclu- region exclusive games anymore. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo's doing actually a good job bringing every game to you know, well, not just Nintendo, but publishers in general, uh, to bring all the games to all the regions so far. Yep, sure. Yeah, um, they didn't bring that Gasso Bambros, but I'm hoping for the DS <laughs> one. I'm sitting here. I may be the only the- yeah, it's, the, it's funny. We, we, um, we were in Germany for, um, me and other, other journalist friends for, um, uh, Gamescom, and there was a sale, uh, in a local media mart, which is kind of like Target. Um, just and they had Dangas, they had Dangaso for, for like three euros. So a bunch of friends, American friends bought it. Wow. Nice. Yeah, Very I, cool. I like that game too. It's fun. All right. Awesome. So let's, uh, let's go into some games this week. Why don't we start with Rune Factory 4, actually? So why don't you tell me a little bit about Megan? Cause you reviewed it for IGN. What'd you give I it? Am. Well, I've, I can't say yet because it's not up yet. It's ah. in the very final stages of okay. being edited, but I will say that it is a series where there's a ton of stuff to do. So if you like farming simulation games and you like JRPGs, I can definitely say you'll probably like Rune Factory 4. There's okay. just a lot to do. I was a little bit overwhelmed at first by how much there is to do. Mm-hmm. So there's even a bit of time spread, like strategic 
gameplay involving time and your energy and everything like that. So So on the scale from hate it, like it, love it, how how does it rank for you? I really like it. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, cool. I really like it. Very cool. It's a good game. Yeah. It is a good game. Fran, you also played your RPGs. Is this out in Europe yet or uh, it's not out in Europe, but I played the American version for a while. I just tried it out uh, when it came out, and um, I kind of agree so far. It's it's really charming. Charming. Um, word. I I would yeah. Charming. It reminds me a lot um, of um, you know cutesy PS One RPGs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got the kind of like aesthetic sense. It looks. It looks a lot like those old RPGs, and and um, and it's adorable, basically. <laughs> it's great. I mean, it's great timing to release a game like that because there's no other big JRPG out right now. <laughs> no, oh it's, yeah, it's aimed at a younger audience as well. It's mm-hmm. aimed at a younger audience, so <clears throat> that's good for kids as well. So, you know, you've got other things like Shin Megami Tensei Four, and that's pretty dark stuff. You know, and Etrian Odyssey Four is a very challenging JRPG. So this is like the perfect balance of. Easy, but not too easy. Um, youthful, but not too much. Yeah, and it's very, I mean, obviously, I, I was, I was kidding, right? Pokemon is out, so, and, yeah. and that game has a ton of gameplay in it, and lots, lots of things to do. Um, but the feeling is completely different from Pokemon. Pokemon yeah. I think has it's such actually, a unique feel, yeah. I think it's actually very smart that they put it out now, because it's a good, uh, segue to Animal Crossing in a way. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, if you're kind of tired of Animal Crossing, you can kind of like switch to this, and and it's got some similarities, but it's also an RPG. So gotcha. Yeah, and it's it's awkward trying to figure out when to put this game out because soon there's going to be AAA titles and major consoles coming out, like the PS4 and Xbox One. So when do you, you know, there's no release good this game. There's, 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 there's no good time. Yeah. There's no good time. So yep. might as well do it now because it's about as opposite of Pokemon as you can get. So gotcha. All right. Oh, don't you dare. Uh, (laughs) That cannot be a thing during my time. Uh, So, yeah, Pokemon came out on October 12th. Uh, Worldwide release was a huge, huge deal uh, in New York. Um, I I reviewed it for IGN, but I had also... Whoops, left that on. I had also... um, That was just my stomach, sorry. There you go. I stopped by the launch event um, that was happening down at uh, the Nintendo World Store. Oh, my God, there were so many people there. I could not believe it. So that whole, like... Uh, area in front of like 30 Rock or around it that like there's just like a sort of a big empty space completely packed with people. Wow. The line went around the block then from there. So many people came out to buy Pokemon, which is bugging me out because it's just like, hey, have you guys not heard of the eShop? Uh-huh. Like, could you not just download <laughs> this game from home? Yeah, but you know what? There's also something about having that excitement of lining up for something or being part of a launch, right? I mean, yeah, you can... You, Think about it this way: when a new Street Pass puzzles, yeah, yeah, and then when a new console comes out, right? You could order it from Amazon, get it the next day, or you could line up and get it at midnight. You're realistically only getting a couple of hours of play, and before you would have gotten it in the mail. But there's just something special about that, I think. I guess maybe yeah. standing in line with your friends, but I don't. I personally have never understood launch events. Yeah. I've actually only waited for in one in line for one thing, and it's depressing what it was for no. a midnight release. It was Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition. <laughs> oh no! That was it. That was, and you got like these little 
like finger puppets or something. I don't remember. That was like a, some weird pre-order for me. That was the weirdest thing, and that was the only time I've ever done it. I almost did it for Halo 2 and did not. I was yeah. like, it's too cold. At the time I lived in New York, it was like below zero that night, and I was like, to hell with launch lines. Like, I'm not doing this. But yeah. I think Fran really called it right, where it's a lot of it Italian is street, friend. Yes, Italian yeah. friend, is that the street passing <laughs> element may have been a huge incentive for people to go out and wait in line as well. I think that's genius on Nintendo to include that kind of thing, because... Mm-hmm. You know, again, people actually stood and waited in this line for hours and hours and hours. I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? But yeah. like, oh, but street passing. Oh, that would be a great opportunity to get more, you know, street passes. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they also released um, the Pokemon puzzle, which is probably the biggest news about Pokemon right before the, the game launch. So right. a bunch of people probably completed that, making me jealous. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Goldfarb had all the pink puzzle pieces, like, before I even had one. I don't know how he does this. Wow. Okay. I think he may be a hacker. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, I'm just curious. Have any of you waited in line for anything for a midnight launch? Yeah. Nope. All right. Console. I don't think so. I, I I've waited for almost every console. Really? Yeah, except for I don't know what came. Uh, I I didn't wait in line for the Wii U. Okay. Uh, at midnight. That's when it finally streak over. Yeah, I'm old now, man. Yeah. It's different. Kids. I I get cold. Mm-hmm. I'd yeah. always get consoles. You know, I gave pair a lot of grief earlier, but I was very spoiled growing up, and so we'd always get a new console at Christmas or new video games at Christmas, so mm-hmm. that's when you waited for it, so I never yeah. actually had to stand in line, because oh. okay. we knew that we were, if you know, the new, god, wow, this really ages me, but the new Super Nintendo or the, you know, PlayStation was going to be our Christmas present, we were all excited, so, but we had to wait. Yeah, and I used to, uh, I didn't, I mean, I didn't stand in line for midnight launches, but during the Super Famicom days, I would, I would stand at the, uh, you know, when Final Fantasy VI came out in Japan, I would stand in line for the store opening. So it'd be like, you know, 6 a.m. or something. But yeah, the Would you be stuff. alone? Wow. No. no be oh, my God. Yeah. There were so many people. It was insane. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I have no idea. What about you, Fran? Never? No? Uh, I don't think I ever did anything like that. Maybe at, uh, if I remember right, when the Wii launched, there was a midnight event here. I already had the console. Um but I, I, I went there with friends just right. to hang out. Okay. So we, I haven't tried the magic of uh, lunch, lunch events. We went to the Universal uh, Universal City in L.A. We we stood in line at the, the flagship GameStop store yep. and interviewed people with a camera and everything. It's somewhere okay. on IGN still. It was okay. fun. Yeah. I gotta find that. It was great. All right, so uh, what do we think? Pokemon, X and Y, discuss. We gave it a 9 on IGN. Fran, you reviewed it. Uh, you gave it a pretty interesting score because you and I talked a lot before the review. Yeah, we talked a lot. I actually gave it a, a 7.5 out of wow. 10. Wow. Good. Um, All right. But in Italy, but, it's like, you know, it's like yeah, euro it's, to the dollar, right? you got to add yes. 20%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 7.5. Yeah, but it's, it's different, you know, different websites. And um, the irony is that we do agree on, um, like, me and, and you, Jose talked about uh, the game a bunch, and we do agree about a lot of the the aspects of the game. Oh, well, you yeah. seem to, but you seem to be disappointed in something. What is it? Ah, uh, well, uh, it would be a lie to say I'm not disappointed. I really like the game, um, and I understand what they were trying to do, which is kind of like make it very competitive oriented. Um, but I do miss the presence of a real post game. I'm not satisfied with the amount of, um, you know, legendaries and kind of stuff you can do, like exploration you can do past the ending of the game. And also the, the plot was terrible. Yeah. So that's, you know, like, um, as, it, as opposed to, to the old games plot or no, the, the old games didn't general, have plot right? at all. Yeah. So 
the fact that there's no plot. Pokemon is kind of like um, build your own adventure. Like you create your own party um, and you kind of adventure in the sword. And uh, in the old games, the, since there was no plot, um, I feel the locations, uh, the cities, the dungeons had, had more personality because that was the way the game kind of told the story of this world. Sure. And now that they have this, you know, the story that's like super predictable and cliche, uh, the magic of exploring the world kind of like, eh, yeah. dwindled. I get that. Uh, I feel. Yeah, I get that. I think to me, I mean, I, I think target audience is important, right? It feels very kind of anime. Definitely targets a little younger when it comes to the story, you know, as far as the audience goes. But, yeah. um, I mean, to me, the biggest issue of that game is just that there is deja vu, right? Like, we've played this kind of game before, but I just thought they did such a nice job finally upgrading everything, right? Like, it's actually a joy to watch the battles now. Yeah. They, they look yeah. so nice, and, I, I, you know, you get really excited when you start up, and you're like, oh, my God, everything looks so much better, yeah. and... You know, it, it's, it's also really fast. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they picked up the pace. They nuked the second floor of the Pokemon Center, which I'm glad because it sort of represented everything that was grafted onto the series over time. Yeah. And stuff that just took too long to get into. Like you'd want to do something like a battle and you'd sit in the lobby and do all these things. Whereas this game, you just, you know, you flip a switch. I want to be online and all of these friends get populated on a list in front of you and passers by and it's really easy to battle and shout and trade. Wonder trading, whoa! Yeah, wonder trading is great. Yeah, you just um, toss a Pokemon out into the internet and see what comes back. Yeah, they yeah. did design a lot of the aspects of the game around all this new feature, and it seems like not a big deal if you take them, you know, individually. But all together, you know, the wonder trade work well if you think about how they combine to the Vivillon hunt, which is a thing you you you're doing to say, I think. Yeah, I'm um, trying to. I've been trying to keep up with yeah. him on Twitter. Fran is like, he, he's been letting folks know he's, he's hunting this Pokemon. You got it, right? Yeah, I got all of them. Okay. Um, nice. yeah, it's, it's basically a butterfly Pokemon and the, pa- the color pattern on the, on the wings changes depending on what's the region of your 3DS. And it's impossible to cheat because the game takes the region when you get online the first time. And even if you change it from the system, the region remains the same. So wow. you generate this unique Pokemon and some of the wing patterns are only generating like, I don't know, in, um, what's in Finland or, you know, in like specific regions of Canada. So there's 20 total, I think, or 18, I remember. Anyway, they're really, some are really rare to the point that if you go to the GTS, which is the, you know, the um, online trading system, uh, some of the butterflies, are traded for, you know, the ultimate legendary Pokemon. That's like amazing. YouTube. So so the yeah. Liechtenstein version is really, yeah, really hard exactly. to find because only there's four a, people live there. There's a Somal- Somalia slash India version that's wow. extreme. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. That's amazing. That's that sounds cool. really yeah. cool. Yeah, so our U.S. Pokemon is just boring and common. As always. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> Any Any other sort of surprises, uh, Fran? I felt like... um. Overall, just like you said, like individually, a lot of these things just don't feel really smart. Like even things like the, uh, or significant, like the XP share, right? You, if finally, oh, you yeah. don't have to waste a Pokemon slot, like holding onto this thing, it affects all the Pokemon in your party. Um, and today, just today, crazy thing happened on the way, uh, right before coming to work, I went back to Route 4, just looking around. I'm like, okay, I finished the game, post game, I want to start catching Pokemon. And I engage a battle, but the intro scene to the battle is a little different. Right, and oh. then it's a big flaming Moltres just flew out in front of me. Saw my party. <laughs> my party was uh, all new Pokemon, which I was trying to train. It's all the weaklings I had. It was level seventy. It just looked 
and flew away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, it, it doesn't even crunk the bottle. Yeah. It, it yeah. sneered at you. It's like, this Basically, is not worth my like, time. This is not worth my time. Yeah. yeah I felt like, so I was like, damn. <laughs> I felt like I just, I disappointed it somehow. I was like, this is great. I, this is really good. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any other surprises on your end, friend? Oh, the, the, the whole Moltres thing is actually surprising. And this kind of ties back to what I meant when there's no, um, not a lot of podcast game. There's like, the game doesn't have a lot of new content and all the new stuff, it tries to do, it does with older Pokemon, so the kind of novelty feeling is kind of wasted on it. But the Moltres, uh, subquest, which is not necessarily a Moltres because what, there's three legendary birds, right. and which one, which one you meet depends on what starter you choose at the beginning of the game. Um, that's actually a long quest, you have to follow the bird on the map. And at some point it will stop in one location, one specific location, and then you can battle it. Uh, it's a story battle. That's pretty cool. Uh, it basically wants to be followed around. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, really? Uh, it, but I find it weird. So I picked Froki to start, by the way, and that's why I yeah. got Moltres. Why would yeah. they pick the element that's weaker to your, uh, I thought that was really bizarre. I thought they would go I, stronger and make it harder. It's, it's weird. Uh, I'm not sure why. I noticed a thing, um, when you start the game, yeah. Uh, the first rival battle is against the, um, if you pick Froki, it's against the fire Pokemon, right. Fennekin. So I noticed that they kind of like dumbed it down this way, uh, from the, the early beginning. So the rival, the first rival you fight is actually one you have advantage against, yeah. and it's, it was the opposite in the older games. Um, and you know, every gym leader has fewer Pokemon than before. Uh, it was kind of like, it's kind of like targeted towards probably newcomers, uh, and it's, Understandable because the big thing with this game is they basically rebuilt the whole, you know, pantheon of monsters. Like the, the, all the, um, well, it's like 718, uh, but most of them are older. So, and they're 3D for the first time. So basically it's probably the better, the best game to kind of like start playing Pokemon with. Yeah. Okay. It's, so this is Brian Altano's first Pokemon and you know what happened to him? What? All of his Pokemon died. And he didn't realize how to, or they all fainted, excuse me, okay. and he didn't know how to, like, have them revive. <laughs> so he's just trying to walk around with a, just a sack of six fainted Pokemon. He has no idea. And since, you he's know, like they, the people in the Middle Ages with the cart and the dead on it. <laughs> wow. He told me the story this morning, cause I sent him a, an IM, like, so how goes the Brian Altano Pokemon X experience? And he's like, they just came over my desk and was like, let me tell you something. Like, the girl behind me was like, I'll help you. Uh, the girl with the pigtails, I forget her name off the top of my head. But she's like, I'll help you. All my Pokemon fainted. She did nothing. I'm like, yeah, but you're supposed to talk to her. He's like, yeah, but I'm also walking around with six fainted Pokemon. She hasn't said a word. I'm like, well, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's, he's kind of having a nightmare. And this, to be fair, this is his very first Pokemon game. He, uh, uh, and, and he was also commenting that he felt like the game doesn't really explain some of the elemental weaknesses to you. I don't know if it should, just because they're all common sense, right? Like, what puts out fire? Gee, water. You know, does grass burn? Answer, yes. You know, like, I don't yeah. know if they it's, really have to go through explaining that matrix yeah, to people. Yeah, never explain this. Like, no game in the series ever explained that, basically. There is usually um, a Pokemon school somewhere in the world. Yep. Uh, usually in, the, in the, one of the first towns, and you can actually go there and learn about basics, um, you know, weaknesses, etc. But... Pokemon has always been about learning on your own what's effective against what. Yeah, and honestly, not just learning on your own, but it is a game that is by its very nature about connecting with people, right? Like yes. that is 
to me, and we we had a really great question uh, from from one of our readers, uh, Ozzy, who by the way has seen you from his ambulance a few times, Jose, and always yells at you. Yeah, he did. I know so, who this is. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, we we uh, he shouted, "Oh, you guys were right, GN," and I was with Marty and Mitch. we were all like, "Hey, we, we didn't stop. We need some." Well, he drives an ambulance or something, right? <laughs> I hope he Hi, doesn't Ozzy. stop for you, idiots. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, he's saving lives. Um, thanks for writing in. But he said, you know, how do you feel about Nintendo's role? as kind of, you know, for parents and, and, you know, he mentioned that someone like Colin has written before that kind of Nintendo has lost him, right? Like he grew up with the company in the 80s and now he has moved on to uh, different kinds of experience, which is, you know, that's that's his opinion and, and I totally understand that he's playing different games. Yeah. And how do kind of parents think about that and how do you see, what kind of role do you see for Nintendo? And I'm paraphrasing because, sorry, Ozzy, your email was too long to read on the air. Yeah. But, well, you're a parent. But, Answer this. No, but like the, well, yeah. um, I'm a pair and um, no, but this is the perfect example, right? Pokemon is supposed to connect you with others, and I feel like Nintendo is very unique that way. This mm-hmm. game can really only be fully enjoyed if you trade, right? And sure, they added these online uh, trading capabilities now, but it is a game where if you know your friend is playing, you're like, oh my god, I'm going to trade you because then yep. they evolve faster, blah, 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 right? Yep. Like, um, I just think it's so brilliant, and it's yeah. such a nice concept that... What can often be seen as a solitary experience, and as gamers well know, video games really aren't solitary, right? But like, it is inherently a single-player game, yet you connect with other people. Animal Crossing is the same way. You want to connect with other people in trade. And I think Nintendo plays a really important role in showing kids and their parents that it is about connecting with others. Yeah, yeah. Animal Crossing is uh, keeping up with the Joneses as well, by the way, because you see what your friends have in their town, and you're like, yeah. we need to outdo that. Like, exactly. You get your plans started like right away. But going back to the Pokemon observation, no, yeah. that's absolutely true. I mean, the entire series was born just from the idea of trading and the link cable, right, and connectivity. Um, so it's very interesting, uh, you know, that Nintendo not only took a chance on it, but it's been really lucrative for them, right? I mean, this is yeah. a huge franchise for them. Yeah, and I think it will get better, right? Like, the the one challenge Nintendo still has is first that that, you know, not as many people have a DS or a 3DS as they have iPhones and other devices. Mm-hmm. Like, w- if this device was truly ubiquitous, where everybody had one in their pocket, and you're walking around, you come home, and you go, oh, my God, I met, like, 50 people who have this Pokemon, and now I can engage with them and trade. Yeah. Um, it, it would be a real killer app, I think. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, the, certainly the, the 2DS is bound to sell really well with Pokemon behind it now. And yep. uh, so we'll see. That's going to be more bucks. out there. Yeah, yeah. it's true. So there has been uh, some interesting, interesting things happening in the world of Zelda recently. Oh my God! So are we so all much. Zelda fans at this table, Megan? Yeah, I'm a fan, but I'm not a hardcore fan anymore. Okay, all right. Shh. <laughs> there you go. So Al Numa uh, had a panel at New York Comic Con. It was a big deal, yep. right? There was an eight-minute live demonstration pair. I saw eight minutes of, uh, <laughs> of Zelda being played. I was, I was floored. It was so cool. Um, <laughs> A lot of changes happening, right? A lot of little things uh, here and there. Well, big changes, actually, right? Like the out-of-order dungeons and more explanation and detail on how that works. Uh, the upgrade ability, how Mai Mai's, you rescue these little sort of sea-looking creatures called Mai Mai's, take them back to the mother, you get an item upgrade. Um, what else? The way uh, swapping between those worlds work. We finally have a story, right? We've all been excited about A Link Between Worlds, but we've never really known, well, what is he saving? Who is he saving? 
Although, low rule, yeah, it's a little cheesy, but oh, look, I, I mean, it's cute. So. <laughs> it was uh, in Wonderful 101, too. Oh, was it called low rule? <laughs> there's, yeah. there's ancient city of uh, low rule, yeah, it's one of the levels. Uh, yep. Nice. No, but the, yeah. um, you know, Nintendo's always very obvious with their naming conventions, right? Like, if you look, if you look at the names of Pokemon, each one is based on something, right? Like, yeah. whether it's an actual creature, or it's, uh, you know, Japanese translated, or even in some cases German words used. Like, they're very obvious with their stuff, so high rule, low rule. I forgive them. You know. I think I think it's kind of cute. Yeah, <laughs> and then I mean, Yuga is is based on the concept of oil paint paintings, right? All the names come from something. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. so does that mean that Zelda is named after Zelda Fitzgerald and Link is? I, I want an know. indie to make the Legend of Zelda Fitzgerald. Oh my I'm lord! Yeah. Somebody get on that. Yeah, right. I told Marty this, and he just started laughing. A video game tragedy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, I mean we heard that it was just like they. Uh, it was a medieval name, right? Zelda was used in the Middle Ages a lot, so mm-hmm. they liked that name. But um, how about Hilda? Hilda. That's a medieval name. Hilda. You know, I've been trying to figure that one out. If it's from Ohiru or something from like the noon or it maybe just sounds. I, I just think it sounded like Zelda. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, they they do use a a lot of kind of clever little names for their creatures too. So, um, but man, I I really love everything about that game. Like the whole concept of revisiting this world, but then having a different quest. Like the teases about a possible link to Majora's Mask. We'll see if that's more than just the the mask hanging on the wall, which we've seen. In yeah, the they're evil. Video. Yeah, the, the one, I mean, they always do that stuff. They always kind of like, you know, leave a hint here or there, like, yeah. that makes you, oh, maybe it's connected to that, but then the game comes out and they're never, <laughs> like, obviously connected. Sometimes you have it's to nothing. Dig. Sometimes it's nothing, right? But, like, Wind yeah. Waker certainly connected to previous games in very clever ways. So, That's right. you know, uh, you never know. That was my favorite reveal when it happened, the way Wind Waker, oh my the other God. games, that first time it happened, I was just like storybook magic for me. It was the, like, I don't believe, this is amazing. I, yeah, I, the, the, the moment, that moment is incredible, the moment in the game. I would love a sequel to it where they're getting rid of the water. Yeah. Like they were trying to you're restore, they're trying to restore Hyrule. It would be so cool. Uh, like in where you're actually seeing, you know, the, the lands emerge again or something. That'd be wow. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and everything well, is kind point, of, everything is waterlogged and like mm-hmm. destroyed and you need to restore it or something. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, uh, any other sort of information from the, from, so he's been talking a lot, bunch of interviews. We have one with him. Uh, mm-hmm. he even talked to Mashable, which surprised me. He talked to some outlets that I was just like, Anuma talked to those guys? That's so weird. But, um, he's been dropping hints left and right about yeah. this game. I mean, what, how do we feel? Like, are we all excited about this information that's coming out? I am. You are. I am. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. All right, Megan. Are you gonna? Are you gonna play it? Fan? Do you, do you yeah. think you're gonna I'm play it or not? I'm more of a casual fan these days. Yeah. So it looks really good. I'm interested. Um, I'll give it a shot. But you know, I've I've in a room with very dedicated Zelda fans. So. What? What if it had cats? <laughs> <laughs> it had a cat suit. Like a it does have a. Suit. It does have a bunny shopkeeper. Oh, that's not uh, habit. It's a guy with a bunny suit. I'm sorry. They have some uh, really weird character designs do. in uh, Zelda. They're a little off-putting mm. to me. So they yeah. saw the Fat Zora. Uh, the, yeah, was that a Fat Zora? The Lady like Zora. Yeah, oh yeah. my god, that one is awesome. Uh, yeah. Weird. Mm-hmm. And then Yuga, who looks like a Gerudo but isn't a Gerudo, and looks like a woman but is a man. I mean, that's all 
it's still confusing us what's going on there. I, I think they may that there may be something there. So. so I'm not making this up, but in one of the trailers, wasn't there uh, sort of a witch on a broomstick, or it's a it's a screen or something? Um, from the old games. The yeah, two, that's from Oracle the, of Seasons, right? Two, I just put that yeah. together right here. And I'm like, is that in A Link Between Worlds? Whole, like, imagine if it's just full of all these references to all the other games. Oh, you think that's it's That's going to be crazy. That could, yeah, could be. It's good timing with uh, Hyrule Historia being released before mm-hmm. that. And yeah. So we'll see. We don't want to speculate too much no, and get anybody's hopes up. I think the one thing that puts me off on this game is just the character design. It looks too, yeah. too much like oh, little baby doll. Finally? Yeah, like How I saw. No, you don't like the character too. design? No. I know. Yeah, you know what? I, don't I really like the, the art. The, the in-game, um, you know, models are kind of weird. That's um, it. Rubbery. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Like yeah. the the way Link looks when he faces the camera is is a little weird. He's mm-hmm. not retro and he's not cartoonish, so he's just kind of in between. I mean, yeah, again, I, it's Zelda really, looks it's, like a weird midget. Yeah, I can, I can, I can live with it. I can live with it, and I'm sure I'll get used to it super fast. But it's not my favorite art style or anything. Yeah. But the way the game looks is cool. Well, it's like it's probably because of they probably kind of force the top-down perspective. So you know, when the camera faces the characters, they look weird. Maybe that's you know they shouldn't have um, used the same engine for the cutscenes. Probably. Yeah. You know what? Wind Waker Link looked really odd to us before we played the game. Got used to that character. Yeah, then we got used yeah. to it. Yeah. I loved it yeah. from the second I saw it. Yeah. I mean, I'm still like knock on wood, knock on. Every, I like, I absolutely fell in love with it, and yeah. I, I yeah. kind of wish this game had taken some risks in the art department. I feel like it doesn't, but we'll see. Well, see, the art the is the reason itself. I stopped playing hardcore for a while because I remember the first three games came out, and then the next one had such a weird design that it was so off-putting. I stopped playing. Wind Waker. Was that yeah, the one? Yeah, that was wow. the one. Wind Holy Waker God. actually made me stop playing because I was like, what is up with this character design? And <laughs> You would really like it, I think. You what, would Wind like Waker? that game. Yeah. Does yeah. it have cat suits in it? It does not have cat suits. <laughs> it has a guy in a really weird fairy costume, I'll tell you yeah. that. Yeah, Tingle. <laughs> yeah, Tingle. That's another freaky character. He's amazing. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Miyamoto has the most crazy imagination. So, definitely, definitely. All right, so let's talk a little bit about... Oh, by the way, um, just tying this back to our Pokemon discussion, uh, we had a feature go up this week on IGN. IGN can't design Pokemon. You should check it out. <laughs> Which is true. One of us uh, created an Everymon, I believe is what he called it. <laughs> well, it was Blendar. Yeah, Blendar. Uh, he's he's unbeatable because he's got uh, he's all elements in one. The only way to defeat him is to hit the giant red button on the back. Unfortunately, there is... There's the giant red blue. And watch out for Pear's fanfic on it, on his Twitter feed. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) Very cool. I heard rumor of a Miley carp. Yep, there was a... Carmali. Yeah. Sticking out her tongue carp. And there was a J-Pegasus that looked like a J-Peg with (laughs) wings. Hampire. Hampire, a a pig vampire. Really good. Who won that one, by the way? Are the votes all in? I think it was Hampire or it was Leah's uh, Corgi come Pokemon. Because people... Voted for that one saying, that looks like a Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. It's cute. That's all yeah. it needs. Yep, all right. Yep. So this week on the eShop, which is a regular uh, weekly feature you can find on IGN. It's written by Neil Ronigan, friend of the show. Uh, here's some quick bullet points for you. First of all, SteamWorld Dig is on sale, 20% off, making it 7 bucks. Uh, the sale will be running until October 20th. If you haven't played SteamWorld Dig, we've talked about it before. It's a lot of fun. Uh, there's a video embedded in the article of a Let's Play Justin and I did, sort of playing around and messing with it. It's a really fun game. You should check it out. But Fran, have you played that? Yes, it's wonderful. All right. See, I still haven't really downloaded it. it. I feel so bad. I just seven bucks. Yeah, but there's so many games. Like it's not because I'm too cheap or I don't want to play yeah, it. Yeah, you just... bought a hundred and thirty dollars. That's right. 2DS. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, it's yeah. on sale now, Sorry, so you can. I, if you it was one hundred thirty bucks, I'd buy it right away. Okay, there yeah. you go. I will. I will definitely get it. It's just that there's so much to play right now. Okay, so hometown story, which I'm really curious about. I am excited about. Yes, that game. this is the latest uh, from Yasuhiro Wada, the creator of Harvest Moon, um, and it sort of completely ditches the farming concept. Instead, you're sort of figuring out the people you live with in this town and finding out their backstories and things about them. Which is the funnest part of Rune Factory 4, by the way. Yeah. See, I always like the farming element. It just gives yeah. me something to do. And then, it, of course, the game turns more into relationships. And oh. you should, So but, you would love Farmville. Yeah, no, that's just... <laughs> no, that's just... Sorry. Menial clicking. That's Dude, they ripped him man. off is yeah. what they did. Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, so it, it's coming out October 22nd, $39.99, uh, I'm investigating if we could get a review for that on IGN. I'll uh, do it. Yeah. I love Harvest Megan. Boom. There, yeah, there done, you go. done. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. So, uh, is that out in Europe, Fran? Or is that? I am Europe? not sure. Okay. I don't think it's coming out in Europe for now. Okay. I I know it has a different publisher over there. It's like Rising Star. Yeah. Games. Yeah, it's Rising Star. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, too loud. No, okay. these headphones hurt. Oh, okay. Sorry, they're a little tight. Uh, right. Deus Ex. Yeah, I keep doing this. So let's rewind. What year is it? Uh, 2013, <laughs> right? <laughs> Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's Cut. Uh, 50 yeah, bucks. They say they fixed the boss battles. Yeah. How long did <laughs> that take? Wait, didn't they? I thought they did. Uh, no, they yeah, did. That, yeah. So I, I like that game a lot. I didn't, I haven't played the Wii U version yet. But I really liked it when like it came out. Two years out. later, do you still like you it? You know what? If I hadn't played it, I would totally dig it. Now. Okay. Yeah. Have you have you played through it? I have played up to the third boss and then fell out of it because I fell in love with Arkham City, so I put that game yeah. down for that. Um. So I would be willing to go back to this, but hey, I just find geez. it really weird. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> is this full later. price? Damn yeah. it! Skype noise. What? <laughs> oh, is this full price? Uh, no, that's me. Yeah. That's not you. Uh, uh forty-nine ninety-nine. Yeah, oh October 22nd. So it has some stuff added, right? They fixed some stuff, fixed the balance issues. It is kind of like Wind Waker HD, where it's a re-release with some fixes to things that people complained mm-hmm. about it. That game, you can take the approach of shooting people and like, you know, playing it more like an action game, or you can play it without ever harming anyone, which is really cool. Unfortunately, in the original, you had to take out some bosses the lethal way. And in this version, you don't have to. So I thought that was, uh, it's just really cool for people who want to beat a game a certain way and, and, and make it more challenging. So if you haven't played Deus Ex, um, and you have a Wii U, please get it. It's just really cool. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's based on a, on a classic game that we all loved here. Um, it is a little bit like, what would you say? It's the equivalent of, it's a little bit like Metal Gear where you, you know. Yeah, cause sn- there's a lot of stealth in it. Yeah. You sneak mm-hmm. a lot. Um, it is like you can, you know, you can hack terminals, crawl th- through vents, take right. out people unseen from behind, that kind of stuff, little splinter cell. But it, it has a more mature story where you travel all over the world and it's set in the future. Yep. Um, it's great. I like yeah, it. Yeah. I, no, I really like this game. I, I, uh, sort of want to just put out there, like, I, I did enjoy what I played of it. And, you know, I do poke fun that it's two years after yeah. the fact, but. It is a really solid game. Like, yeah. Seriously, we we loved it back when it came out in 2011. I was with one up then, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays now without these. I mean, they it came out and admitted they contracted the boss battles. They had another company handle yeah. those. So now they were bad the directors too. cut. Yeah, they yeah. were very straightforward. It was like you're fighting a Terminator, and it would just come right at you. There was nothing else to it. Um, okay, else other stuff on the eShop. Mighty Switch Force 2, 5.99 on Wii U. 
Uh-huh. So here's the thing that was weird to me. First of all, I love Mighty Switch Force. I love the soundtrack, Fantastic, by Jake Kaufman, one of my favorite chiptune composers um, out there. We're getting a lot of Skype noise. Apologies, listeners, and to Fran. Jesus, who's messaging Sorry. Is that you? <laughs> so, no, 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 no. My Skype is mute. I'm not right. Sorry, Kooplings. I had to come mute. up for air. Yeah. <laughs> Here, somebody sing a song while I mute these sounds because it's so bad. Jeez. I apologize. What is it? Oh, that's what Fran looks like? No, that's Jose. No, that's me. All right. Uh, <laughs> Jose, is playing. Jose is playing with a Skype setup. Should I go to uh, to reader questions or something? Uh, or you can just... I, have you? Did you play the first Mighty Switch Force? I could talk to you while I, I'm doing this. I did not. You did not? No. <gasps> it's. Killing I think Boson's brother worked on it, so I'm like, screw that. Oh, is that all it takes? <laughs> oh, that's that's Boson's brother? I didn't know that. I don't know either. Oh, okay. No, but it is another Boson, so that that's fair. No, so I no, really enjoy... Matt, Matt Bozon is Mark Bozon's brother. Okay. Yeah. I did not know so that. So way forward, right? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a way forward joke. Yep, yep. Interesting. All right. Mm-hmm. No, so I love uh, these games. As I was saying earlier, I love the the soundtrack. I love the the design of them. They're very... um, The gameplay sort of teaches you through gameplay how to play the game. It's not mm-hmm. one of those tutorial-heavy things at all. And it's a puzzle platformer. So it's really smart in how it teaches you things. Um, The second one, I didn't really play. I, I own it on 3DS, but I didn't really find time for it. It's out on Wii U, but so on Wii U, when they put this thing out, um, for the launch, they put together basically a high-definition version with really cool, like, uh, redrawn, like, characters. Everything looked fantastic. Yeah. In this port, it's just a straight port. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a straight port? Yeah, yeah. The sprite work really is, weird. like, you even see some of the pixelization a little bit mm. on it. Um, but the gameplay is still the same. So they didn't give it the full HD treatment they did the first time around on Wii U. Instead, they just kind of found a, a maybe a cheaper solution. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Um, I'm happy it exists, but I'm just curious why that was. Probably, I mean, d- developers do that when when sales are you know lower than expected, and then oh, it, it's called the 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 MVP, right? The minimum viable product. Let's put something out and see if the audience likes it or not. And I think that's always a learning experience for a developer. If lots of people then have the feedback saying that wasn't enough, they'll adjust with the next game. Or maybe it's just enough. Maybe people don't care, right? Like it's the gameplay mm-hmm. that drives this game, and so yep. they don't care that it looks exactly the same. Yeah. We'll see. No, and, and yeah. it, it still plays fine. Like uh anyone else have experience with Mighty Switch Force? Nope. I played uh, the first one a lot. Did and, you enjoy um, it as much as I did? I really did. Yeah, the first one is, is really good. Uh, the second one is good too, but I was not expect. I was expecting for some reason. I thought it was um, you know, redrawn like the first one, the Wii U, like the the Wii one, the Wii U one port, or the second one. Yeah, no, I downloaded uh, it this morning. You kind of caught me by surprise. Like I even I even saw screenshots and videos, and I was like, oh, I'm sure it's just like my brain just uh-huh. accepted that it was like redrawn. Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised. No, it's weird. Same here. It, it kind of caught me by surprise. I downloaded it just to be sure, and I was like, whoa, this is different. But it's one of those games that like people should buy just for the soundtrack, if oh, yeah. anything, because oh, it's so, so good. So good, yeah. You can get it on Bandcamp too if you uh, yeah. do some searching. But Jay Kaufman, although these songs were remixed versions of the first the first game which he composed, but they were remixed by someone else. Mm-hmm. They're so 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 good. He's That's one of great. my favorites. The second soundtrack is a super uh, Sega vibe. It's yes. it's really happy. Yeah, <laughs> very much. Yeah. All right. Uh, next uh, next little bit on uh, this week on the eShop Hulu Plus on 3DS. Funny. I, sh- I I shrug my shoulders. That seems like I think that's kind of like because is the reason why that's happening. I I cannot imagine that there are that many Hulu su- Plus sub- uh, subscribers who have you know DSs or kids with DSs, three no. DSs. It's a weird one, right? Yeah, it's really like, weird. Amazon Prime. I can see 
it's much it's a much more mainstream product, right? Mm-hmm. Parents will have Amazon Prime and then they say, Oh my god, look, like our kids can watch some some content for free. Mm-hmm. Netflix makes sense. Hulu Plus is an odd one. Yeah, it's really weird. But, yeah. Alright, uh, uh, on 3DS Virtual Console, Revenge of the Gator, which is an early, uh, sort of a pinball game from HAL Laboratory. Uh, so. The people behind the Kirby. Yeah. And the company, right. you know, Satoru Iwata. Harold's from, yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, there's that. Yeah. On Wii U Virtual Console, you have Cuckoo Land and Urban Champion. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not impressive. <laughs> yeah, not at all. <laughs> I think they can keep this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's one of those like, well, yeah, those happen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Speaking so. of, speaking of, uh, you know, we talked about where names come from. Clue Clue Land is just anglicized kudu kudu, right? Kudu kudu in Japanese is going in circles. Uh, and that's all that game is about, right? Get okay. it. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Interesting. All right, and uh, last bit of news. This is outside of uh, This Week in the Shop, but rather something that we just got right before recording. Nintendo 3DS repeats number one again in the MP- MPDs this month. That's so uh, it was the top-selling platform once again. Uh, on top of, let's not forget, October 12th, they just launched Pokemon X and Y, which sold 4 million units combined in the first two days on the market. And that's, so that's yeah. worldwide digital yeah. plus. Yeah, and uh, you, you have to, to remember that it's the first two days, but um, for several, like for half of the globe, was only the first day. Wow! Because of the time zone difference. That's right. Yeah. So right. I mean, it's there's just no doubt that this thing is just going to keep on going, right? Sure. I mean, it's just yeah. it's very impressive to see this, especially now launching on a system that doesn't have the same huge install base as as previous machines, mm-hmm. right? But um, I think that bodes really well for the 3DS in its future. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No, I agree. It's uh, it's it's. Well, and this is their, what, fourth month in a row? They've been the top yeah, selling, uh, was, system? They consider like last month it was Monster Hunter 4. Fifth, uh, fifth consecutive. Oh, Monster Hunter 4, really? Oh, in Japan, or? Yeah, yeah. and it was a, there was a, the draw a lot of sales, like, yeah. in Japan. So the install base is getting there. And, we, yeah, we, you Japan got those too, right? Yes, yeah. it did. Well, it just had the price cut, which they waited. You know, we were here scratching our heads. Why the heck did they wait until September 20th? But, Post price cut, yes, they saw a jump. Nothing specific. Uh, you saw something like two hundred percent. They said the sales increased two hundred percent, so from four units sold to eight. <laughs> 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 Wait, my math is terrible. I'm sorry. Hundred yep. percent. Um, no, they. Uh, yeah, it, they said it went to up two hundred percent, despite there just being a limited time period and NPD measures till the fifth that month, so it's the first fifteen days. Yep. But they already saw a two hundred percent increase over the previous month, good. so that's good. good you know, them. it's expected though when a when a console drops price, it doesn't matter what device it is in, in gaming, it will see a huge increase like that. Um, Wind Waker HD came out only digitally on September twentieth, so now we have to watch how October fares with the new bundle and the yeah. October first. Uh, well, the bundle was on the twentieth, but the the new retail edition getting more people to buy that one too. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure the story at the end of this Christmas will be Pokemon sold really well. I mean, it'll be surprising if it isn't. Yeah, right? I think up against Call of Duties and up against the GTA's of the world. Yeah, this franchise still holds significant cash. I think the story at the end of the year will be. GTA number one, then Call of Duty, and then Pokemon somewhere. Okay. Like that. Yeah, I would I think, go with that. That sounds like yeah. yeah. What about 2DS? Does huh? that sell like Gangbusters this Christmas or not? I, yeah, it's hard to tell, right? I, I assume Pokemon is giving it a nice shot in the arm. Mm-hmm. And you'll see a lot of sales uh, on Black Friday here in the US, you know, which is a big shopping event. I don't think you have anything like that in Italy, right? 
No, we don't. No, but people do buy um, presents for Christmas, obviously. Yeah, of course. Christmas yeah. is a you know it's a big and, season, and that's um, traditionally really good for retailers like to- Toys R yeah. Us, who are going to push the the hell out of this thing. So I think it'll I think it'll do well. Serious question yeah. though: What is the advantage if you already have like I already have a 3DS? I'm very happy with. What is the advantage of getting a you know a that's- 2D? None? Yes, none. There isn't, and none. I came to my senses. I almost transferred all of my data to no. it for the sake of the review. I wanted to play around with a lot more stuff, and most of my purchases are digital. But this would be transfer number four of five for me, which means I'd only be able to hop ship one yeah. more time. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's, it is, it is an, it's not a replacement. It's an alternative, right? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a, it is definitely looks a little bit more durable too, just the, the way it's constructed for kids, you know, uh, the stylus doesn't fall out as easily as as in the old units. I'm on like stylus four with I, one of my I, kids. I, I lost my stylus like two weeks ago, and so I'm basically either pressing on the screen with my finger or using the D-pad to yep. do everything. Yeah, I, I just bought a replacement pack of styli. Okay, um, smart. Um, but no, it's yeah, but it's not it's not a replacement. It's a cool new device for for kids that's just cheaper. Yeah, it's a the the, the um, I think the target is not someone who already has a, a 3ds and wants to upgrade, but someone else who doesn't have it yet, or a kid, of course. It's a lower entry point in terms of price too, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, no, that's going to matter a lot, especially you know competing just for people's attention and holiday dollars, right? Like you're trying to stretch out as many things as you can buy. I can give my kid this, and it's going to play Pokemon and 130. I'll sign up. It's good. All right, and that's pretty much our show this week. Next week, uh, so our question of the week is, a couple of weeks ago, Pear asked the question, which Nintendo franchise would you get rid of? This week, we're asking... If you had to. If you had to. Yeah. That's right. Someone was holding a gun to your head yeah. uh, that was named Pear Schneider. Uh, <laughs> uh, this week's question is, which Nintendo series would you revive? What's something you haven't seen from Nintendo? Oh. Sequel or even a one-off, maybe it was one title, that you would like to see them do again, uh, either on Wii U or on 3DS. And tell us what it is. What would you want them to do? Sum it up in a sentence or two. Let us know in the comments section of this uh, of this post where you'll find this podcast. Let's see. How can they follow us, Pear? How can they find us more about us? So you can follow us all on Twitter. I'm at Jose Otero. Quickly, your Twitter handle is... I'm at Pear IGN. I'm at... at what is it? At Megan underscore IGN. Okay, and Fran? I'm at Frampacho, um, F-R-A-I, no, and double C-I-O. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's Italian and, T- yeah, tilde, it sounds weird and tilde, it's complicated. Hashtag number sign. Yeah. yeah. He also has <laughs> like, Kaiju Tanuki as his, uh, as his name, which I think is fantastic. Nice. Fran's yeah. a really good artist. We'll, we'll do a call out when the podcast goes live of whoever is on it as well. So, you know, sure. you can easily follow us. Yeah. Of course, you can also talk to us on IGN, you know, just hit up the comment section on the podcast and Jose and I will definitely be there to answer your questions. And, uh, and, you know, defend Nintendo from the evil empire. <laughs> and I swear, Koopalings, I really do like Zelda. It's just that I'm very intimidated when I'm sitting in a room with Jose and Pear, and they're the <laughs> Zelda experts, so I want to be very careful I don't get anything wrong uh, about it. No, no oh, worries. you're good. Yeah, you're so intimidating. Fine. Yeah, you can also email us at nvc at ign.com. Send yeah. in questions or feedback on the show. Uh, please rate the show on iTunes, where you can also subscribe and download each episode every week yeah and one tip on on getting your question read on the air be concise ask a question that is you know three sentences or fewer 
you know, um, feedback. You can, of course, write more. We love getting feedback from you guys, even though we, we may not respond to every one of them. It's awesome to hear that there are people out there who like the show, yep. who enjoy it. Somebody wrote in and said, don't cancel it. We're not going to cancel yeah, it. Yeah, what's the, where's that coming from? You know from? what? It, I, I, I may have <laughs> joked on an old episode like two years ago. Okay. If you don't get your numbers up, I'm going to cancel uh, it or something. Oh, okay. Did you but tweet that recently then? No, I didn't. Kid, I didn't. Either that or he heard an episode from two years ago. <laughs> it, I was like, oh it my God. probably was an old episode. <laughs> I was going to say, look what you've done it, here. it was like me telling Castle Messina to get his act together on the air or something <laughs> sure, um, no right. we're not going to cancel it um, okay. but yeah write us at nvc at ign.com so we know you're there it's just an email inbox you don't get signed up to any newsletters or anything yeah. so. and keep raising your hand if you want that Street Fighter 3 I have Street Fighter Street Pass 3 <laughs> <laughs> sorry we've been we've been counting hands for a Street Pass event possibly here at IGN now that Pokemon's out it'd be even better to have one that's so. right Keep raising those hands. Keep sending emails and let us know. I'm raising my hand. Right, right. now. That's See you right. next week. Yep. Thanks for thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> hey, friend. Thanks a lot, man. Thank really you. Everyone was you. awesome. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me.
Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, the podcast that explores the world through a personal, intersectional feminist perspective. I bring you two episodes a week. Every Monday, I cover something from a wide variety of topics, covering everything from feminist faves throughout history like Audre Lorde, listener coming out stories, and other hot-button topics like toxic masculinity and the Me Too movement, as well as plenty feminist history, the good and the controversial. And then every Friday, I bring you a mini What's in the News episode to keep you up to date with everything that's going on today in the world. And with over 580 episodes available to you right now, there's plenty of good stuff to listen to. You can listen to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rage on. Bye.